0: Welcome to Politics on Right. My name is Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly, all of you that are here early on time, my beautiful, beautiful PDR posse. How is everybody doing? How is everybody doing? I hope you had a good weekend. We had a lot of news over the weekend, mostly what again? From Exacto Mundo, SVG, Silicon Valley Bank went under. We're going to talk about that. Anyhow, who's in the house? We have El Senor Michael Rutnen welcome to the show michael bruce pollard is in the house breach mcp is in the house a second time we also and bruce a second time we also have alistair waters in the house second time how you doing our beautiful alistair you have the kiddos with you i love that i love my some kiddos as well you know let me tell you we used to have this thing in the house where we would say we are a kid friendly house in other words we don't mean they can we still have stuff that can break and all that that's what i'm talking about but you know a lot of folks, when they go over to homes and all of that, don't like to have kids around. We like to have kids around. So, I mean, if in our days, uh, when people be uh, like, they're trying to get away from their kid, hell no. We want the kids. We love the kids. We have fun with the kids. Anyway, Alice Dove, how you doing, beautiful? Hello. Love you too, Alice. Love you too, my dear love. E2247 is in the house. How you doing, E2247? We also have, para ver, para ver, para ver, Melanie Keelan from barcelona spain i love i love to say just barcelona spain because we have somebody overseas as well as paul fleming from atl Whoop whoop! how you doing paul nice to see you here my brother uh who else we got in the house i think i called out avq already avq says had some minor renovations done in the mornings the last couple of days new fi- light fixtures paint windows all sorts of sleepy right now you've been working your butt off michael had some uh i'm glad to see that everything worked out perfecta munda for you uh yes daylight savings only made my sleepiness worse i was wondering why i was so damn sleep you so right it's because of daylight saving times you know with everything automated it is like it doesn't happen but the body you can't fool the body you're absolutely right about that michael uh also michael says so when will sunshine protection act eliminate daylight saving times we passed and enacted Let's call our Congress people and tell them, do it. Let's keep it here permanently. That way we have more sunlight in the afternoons. So what if the kids go to school in the dark? They love it. They're sleeping anyway. So and my daughter didn't mind the dark at all. And I don't think a lot will. Lee Grant is in the house. How you doing, Brother Lee? Lee, you said something today at KPFT. You know, you and I have to go get some coffee. We got some talking to do, Brother Grant. We really, really do, sir. We really need to go have uh, a cup of coffee together. Maybe me, you, Bruce, and uh, and and you, me, Bruce, and uh who else here is in town? And uh Alistair and Kinmas está aquí. I see, I don't see um Eric in the house right yet. All right, who else we got here? Breed says, Egberto, what is what I was showing you before? Neighbor was uh, uh, was neighbor was there and friend lives there. Unbelievable, Myrtle Beach resident shot by mass pollen. And I saw the picture that you showed me. And you know what? Let me put the picture on the screen. Here is a deal bridge. That's how my car looks. <laughs> that is how my car looks. Let me see if I can blow it up a bit so people can see a better picture. Let's see if it allows me to blow it up. Ah, no, it doesn't allow me to blow it up. It, In fact, it went it went berserk when I tried to blow it up. It, I hope it doesn't hurt the other stuff. Let me, let me, let me close that. No, I'm not going to, I'll wait and see. But anyhow, it turns out, come on, stop it, stop it, stop it. Let's see if I can close that. Uh, whoa, there's something with that page, young lady. It's, it's kind of spinning and spinning. I hope it doesn't take too much CPU. Anyway, uh, that's a picture that Bridge wants you to see on the screen with all that pollen that's really messing with us all. And by the way, it has a whole lot of ads on it, and I think that's what's taking all the CPU time. That's probably why it just can't finish. Let's see if I can close her down. Hey, I got it closed down. I got it closed down. Great. Won't crash my system or won't run the risk of crashing my system. Anyhow, folks, we have a great show for you today. Let's go ahead and get started. I want to first start with what President Biden has to say and then critique some of it. So let's go ahead and listen to our president, and then we'll do a little critique on it. What I Well, not critique, but my thoughts on it. But check it out.
1: Today, thanks to the quick action of my administration over the past few days, Americans can have confidence that the banking system is safe. Your deposits will be there when you need them. Small businesses across the country the deposit accounts at these banks can breathe easier knowing they'll be able to pay their workers and pay their bills. And their hardworking employees can breathe easier as well. Last week, when we learned of the problems of the banks and the impact they could have on jobs, small businesses, and banking systems overall, I instructed my team to act quickly to protect these interests. They've done that. They've done that. On Friday, the government regulator in charge, the FDIC, took control of Silicon Valley Bank's assets. And over the weekend, it took control of Signature Bank's assets. Treasury Secretary Yellen and a team of banking regulators have taken action, immediate action. And here are the highlights. First, all customers who had deposits in these banks can rest assured, I want mean, to rest assured they'll be protected and they'll have access to their money as of today. That includes small businesses across the country that bank there. And need to make payroll, pay their bills, and stay open for business. No losses will be, and i this is an important point, no losses will be borne by the taxpayers. Let me repeat that. No losses will be borne by the taxpayers. Instead, the money will come from the fees that banks pay into the deposit insurance fund. Because of the actions of that, because of the actions that our regulators have already taken, every American should feel confident that their deposits will be there if and when they need them. Second, the management of these banks will be fired. If the bank is taken over by FDIC, the people running the bank should not work there anymore. Third, investors in the banks will not be protected. They knowingly took a risk, and when the risk didn't pay off, investors lose their money. That's how capitalism works. And fourth, there are important questions of how these banks got into the circumstance in the first place. We must get the full accounting of what happened and why those responsible can be held accountable. In my administration, no one, in my no one is above the law. And finally, we must reduce the risk of this happening again. During the Obama-Biden administration, we put in place tough requirements on banks like Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, including the Dodd-Frank law to make sure that The crisis we saw in 2008 would not happen again. Unfortunately, the last administration rolled back some of these requirements. I'm going to ask Congress and the banking regulators to strengthen the rules for banks to make it less likely this kind of bank failure would happen again, and to protect American jobs and small businesses. Look, the bottom line is this. Americans can rest assured that our banking system is safe. Your deposits are safe. Let me also assure you, we will not stop at this. We'll do whatever is needed. On top of all that, let's also t- take a look at a moment to put the situation in a broader context. We've made strong economic progress in the past two years. We've created more than 12 million new jobs, more jobs in two years than any president has ever created in a single four-year term. Unemployment is below 4% for 14 straight months. Take-home pay for workers is going up, especially for lower- and middle-income workers. And we've seen record numbers of people apply to start new businesses, more than 10 million of them. More than 10 million applications over the last two years starting businesses. Now we need to keep the program, this progress, going. That's what swift action that my administration over the past few years is all about. Protecting depositors, protecting the banking system, protecting the economic
0: gains we've made together for the American people. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to. There I am. There I am. Okay, absolutely. So, folks, anyway, uh, I, I had before before I saw that one. I had a quick note to say on the first issue, right? Uh, when, when I heard that, and here's a TikTok. I put it in a thing here, but I want to play the TikTok that I did. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to increase my TikTok channel because I'm going to start doing lives on TikTok as well. But anyhow, here's what I had to say. Let's see if I can get it started. Billions in the Silicon Valley bank. Oh, let's see. Oh, But you know what? We are going to make them hold. The FDIC is going to pay above and beyond the $250,000 for account to make. Every account holder holds. And also, these banks will be able to borrow at the what the market value was of the bank before it actually crashed. Only good stuff for the wealthy. But student loans, folks who went to school because they told you to go to school, they went to school because... You can make a difference with an education. You get nothing. The Supreme Court is going to tell you, you get nothing. I'm going to play it again. Check out more like this at politicsdoneright.tv or at the links in our bio. All right. The the idea that I wanted to come across was that, uh, look, I think we had to do, I think President Biden had to do what he did. You know, a lot of progressives are pissed and I can understand why. Because when it comes to protecting these rich folks, you know, it is always an emergency and we save their money. People will say, well, the investors didn't get to keep their money. But you know what? Every single depositor that that, got over, that has over $250,000 in that bank, a lot of that was investment as well. The bank gave them good, good interest rates to put, deposit their money in that bank and they kept it in that bank. So they were, when Biden says it's not a bailout, right? There are a lot of people that have a lot of money in that bank that just had it inside of an account that paid them maybe four or 5% interest. They love it, right? It was an investment. If you're gonna re, look, let's be clear. I believe banking should be a national thing. It should be national, it's our money. And I don't see the added value that banks really give other than making a profit off of it. I like community banks. Uh, savings and loans, credit unions. I like those, those types of banking where they help the community for a little interest rate price. I love that. But these banks like SVG and all of that, I am sorry. I am not into that. And I think if they want to play the private game, they can play that. But just don't come and ask us for a bailout and we shouldn't have our economic system dependent on said structure. Because in effect... What we do have, a, they don't say this, right? We have a nationalized bank whenever it fails and a for-profit bank whenever they're successful. Think about this. When we had the collapse of investment banking in 2008, we, the people, made them whole. We didn't allow them to crash. We didn't allow that private sector failure that, have, that comes every, every several years, we didn't allow that to crash. So whenever they're crashing we pick up the slack we cover them so it's nationalized banking then but when they are making monies left and right it's not nationalized bank. it's private sector banking but it's not only private sector banking but they put much of the country at risk it's amazing it's amazing Now, Lee Grant says no one's deposits are safe from VITA inflation. That's not, well, you know, this isn't VITA inflation, first of all. But if you want to say that, if that makes you feel good, by all means, do that. Alice Dove says, totally agree with that. They could care less about 99%. They they don't care. And what I'm trying to teach my friends, not Alice, you know that. You know the truth, Alice. But you know, our brother, um, Lee Grant, and Eric Hayes, they somehow think these capitalists, these, these bankers care about them. And that somehow Biden is doing them wrong. No, they are doing you wrong. These guys are taking you to the cleaners. And until you learn that and, and stop thinking that someday you could be them. Or somehow you are on the same level, you know, with these guys. That somehow they care. Until you get away from believing that fallacy... They will continue to take us to the cleaners over and over again and then try to give you propaganda that says it's Biden's fault. I mean, you have to, we have to at some point start thinking with our own minds and not being influenced by those externalities. Until then, you guys are a hindrance to progress. You are a hindrance to progress until then. All right. I've got a second video. The second video is... The hypocritical, it it says something to what I said, and it's Joe, uh, let's put it this way. It turns out that in Silicon Valley, these guys have a libertarian streak. They want government out of everything until they need government. Check this out. We'll take it on the other side
2: just as there are no atheists in foxholes, right. there are no libertarians in, in, in business uh, when, when there's a run on, on banks. And how fascinating that again, you, you there are people in Silicon Valley who love flexing their libertarian muscles anytime they get a chance to squawk about it. And yet they're the first ones to ask for government handouts, government assistance. And when there's a bank run, they're the first ones to be asking for Interventions? There's no question. Look, uh, David Sachs, uh, very close to um, Elon Musk, was on Twitter all weekend uh, screaming from the rooftops about bailouts, the need for bailouts. Uh, he would say it was. Uh, for the entire country, which is true, but I think that made it more politically palatable, uh, rather than just saying, I just need a bailout over here. We need to do it everywhere. And he was right about that insofar as you do want to, uh, stem the tide. But at the same time, uh, there has been a big pushback. And by the way, this issue of carried interest. Uh, which we often talk about in the context of hedge funds and private equity getting this special tax treatment. One of the reasons they've gotten that treatment is also because venture capitalists have. And venture capitalists have historically said, look, we're here to help the, the startup community and therefore we need this special treatment. I wonder whether that goes away or whether that argument changes uh, in light of the help that in fact so many of these people uh, got and in fact would have lost uh, you know, millions, if not billions of dollars.
0: Exactly. You know, these are, these are just selfish people that will do whatever it takes for them to continue doing well. But as far as you are concerned, and for all of you in our chat, for all of you on our podcast that are somehow defending these, these guys that constantly put us through these derangements over and over and over again, 2008— we, we, we learn what deregulation could do to bank in. And we repeat the same thing over and over because they keep buying these politicians. And we get the neoliberal Democrats and the Republicans to constantly go for them. It, it, and, and then we have those who are helpful because they refuse to think things thoroughly, like our brother Eric and others in our chat on the, on the libertarian or conservative side, that allows these fallacies because they make you believe that someday you will be a part of the clan someday you will be a part of the team because there will be you will be invited the truth of the matter is that's just it nobody makes it unless they are invited and you know what bruce is is more right than he believes when he says Uh, uh, money grows on trees. It's not only that it's made of paper which grows on trees, of course, which are the trees, but also money can be created and destroyed at will. Money is just an intermediary. And we can print as much money as we need as long as we have a balance in supply and demand. As long as we have a balance in supply and demand, we shouldn't allow money to be the limiting factor, which we do all of the times. Bruce says, I think the 250K per account limit is good. Anyone who has lots of money should distribute it. Makes sense. I agree with you, brother Bruce. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But you know, again, Nerd Wallet 250 if your federally insured bank fails. Federal Deposit Insurance Company insurance keeps your money safe. The FDIC uh insures up to 250 depositors yes sir it does paul fleming says i quest we need the f students listening to make a point <laughs> oh my god all right let's see eric hayes says from bank exec- executive as a community bank executive reading the news surrounding the collapse of silicon valley bank i am appalled top exec sold millions of dollars of shares in the weeks prior to the collapse they went without a chief risk officer for eight months true during one of the fastest uh, rate-rising environments on records, their chief administrative office was the CFO Lehman Brothers before its collapse in 2008. Their business was concentrated heavily on startups financed by venture capitalists, which is extremely risky in itself. What's even crazier, they proposal invested billions of dollars of deposits into long-term fixed-rate investments when rates were near zero, leading to a massive mismatch on their balance sheet. This mismatch created a serious risk in a rising rate environment, resulting in a large unrealized losses jeopardize their capital should those losses have to be realized. Exactly. Fast forward 12 months and interest rates are now uh, greatly increased. Those long term fixed rate bonds have dropped in value. How does 200 billion dollars bank recently rate as one of the top banks in the country by Forbes explain this horrible lack of risk management? How oh, can anyone say this bank wasn't operating in a manner that created catastrophic risk? It was operated like every bank of its size because they paid Congress to pass a law that said they didn't need to go through stress tests, Eric. That's the issue. Your private sector failed you because you don't like regulations. They don't like regulations. And this is what you get when you don't have regulations. This is what you get when you don't have Regulations. All right, let's see what else we got here because we got one from David Cobb coming up. Money is fake. If anyone uh, can explain fractional reserve banking to me in one sentence, I'd be stunned if if the explanation wasn't they conjure it out of thin air. That's where money comes from, out of thin air. It's on a balance sheet. That's it. So when people talk about printing money and we can't afford it, it's not true at all. We just need money as a conduit. If money has products to find, you don't get inflation. If, you, if it has products to find and we prevent the gouging of the plutocracy, there's not a problem. It's a fact. Anyhow, folks, let's go ahead and go to David Cobb. I think you guys are going to like this one. It explains much. This is uh, my brother in crime of many projects that we've done together in the activist world. Welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Today we have a very, very special guest. David Cobb is a people's lawyer who has sued corporate polluters, lobbied elected officials, run for political office himself, and been arrested for nonviolent civil disobedience. He believes we can and must provoke and win a peaceful revolution if we are to survive. I can't agree more. David serves as an advancement manager for the WIAT tribes, Dish Gamma Community Land Trust. I got through it. And as co-coordinator of the U.S. Solidarity Economic Net- Economy Network, he also serves on the steering committee of the Green Eco Socialist Network as an advisor to the California Progressive Alliance and is a leader of the California Public Banking Alliance. David Cobb, we meet again, and welcome to Politics Done Right. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm very good.
3: Hawatlo, Egberto. It is such a pleasure to see you again and reconnect with you because the one part of the bio that you didn't mention is that you and I helped to co-found Move to Amend, the nationwide campaign to to amend the U.S. Constitution to abolish in its entirety the illegitimate and court-created idea that corporations are persons with constitutional rights.
0: But you know what? We didn't quite get the 28th Amendment out, but we sure got awareness out there, and it's still, people are still working on it, and you know what? We started it, brother. 62
3: Congress people have Uh, endorsed that uh, uh, House Joint Resolution 48. I'm very proud of the work that you and I and others did, Egberto.
0: Absolutely so. But anyway, it's great. Let me tell you, it's great having you here. First of all, before I go into the decolonizing economic summit, tell me what you've been doing. Tell me what we need to know, because David Cobb has always has something to say.
3: Well, Egberto, thank you for that invitation. And I am going to uh, take a step back for your viewers and listeners to really anchor how I am seeing this moment, because you see, we are in a historic conjuncture, right? Like, uh, it's important to understand, Egberto, that 99 times out of a hundred, if you really want to know what is likely to happen today, just study yesterday. Right. And if you want to know what's going to happen tomorrow, study today, because that's how history moves in patterns. However, One in a hundred, right? Like those conjuncture moments are where there are tipping points when there are opportunities for great change. Mm -hmm. I believe that we are in the beginning stages of a profound conjuncture and it's not clear exactly which way it's going to go, but I want to say what I see happening. And that is we are in an ecological crisis. It's not coming. It's here and getting worse, And we are in an economic crisis. It's not just late stage capitalism. We're literally living in end stage capitalism, because not only are are the transnational corporations and the way the political economy operates consuming and destroying Mother Earth faster than she can replenish herself, that's existential in and of itself. In addition, and deeper still, Egberto, with automation, technology, robotics, the entire political economy is being restructured, whether you like it or I like it or Donald Trump likes it. It's being restructured in the at the same level of the 1930s when the entire economy of the entire global north transitioned from an agrarian society to an industrial one Mm -hmm. We are in another level of transformation like this. So it's an ecological crisis, it's an economic crisis, and it's also a political crisis. And the political crisis is because the current system cannot handle and accommodate everything that's happening and can't do what it's designed to do. And what I mean by that is this political system was never designed to solve white supremacy, or racism. It was never designed to solve settler colonialism. It was never designed to solve economic injustice. In fact, it was designed to protect those things. What I'm saying is this, Aguilar, to you, to your listeners, to your viewers, be clear. Fascism is emerging now because the political system can't do what it's designed to do, which is merely maintain order. So an ecological crisis, an economic crisis, a political crisis, all convening at the same time. We're in the early stages of systems collapse. And I genuinely believe in the next 10, 15 years, it will become clear whether the dominant paradigm is going to be some version of eco-socialism and an indigenous worldview or some version of fascism. I wish that there was... I, that I in between, yeah. clarity. I just don't see it. Right. Like it's like slavery, Egberto, like, like the, the, there are some things that just can't be accommodated in the same space. And that's why fascism is rising. And I'll end with this. I work like I'll have these kind of conversations with you and I'll use certain words, but you've seen me, Egberto, in pool halls and bowling, Alex, I can have this same conversation with a high school graduate or even dropout. who's a construction worker who looks like me. I'll use a little bit different words, but I can communicate the same idea about how the boss man's got his boot on our neck. I believe just like I know you believe, because I've seen you do it. Take people who have a knee jerk reaction and by listening to them and talking to them, find the common ground to bring them into our way of seeing the world.
0: That is why you will always have a platform, not only on Politics Done Right, but on many other platforms, because whereas many would make what you stand for, uh, somehow the, 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 that person outside of the norm, the reality is you are the norm. We are the norm. We are where people are right now. It's just that it's not clicking. Just like you said, the system is not able to take all these ideas together. It's the same thing. They're not able to put what we are. They just can't believe the things that you are saying is where we really ought to be. And when that comes to pass, then we're then we'll see the change. So my, my expectation, one of the reasons that I am doing this and I'm sure it's why you are doing what you're doing as well, uh, David, is that we don't believe in hope. We believe in making what's going to happen, happen. What needs to happen, happen.
3: That's exactly right. Like, look, uh, like hope or optimism that is just in your head uh, is vacuous and sugarcoated nonsense. Nothing. Right it means nothing but i'll tell you this look uh, it's like this theory without action is just contemplation right that action without theory is just doing shit right right like what i what i love talk i love talking to you and people like you is Let's have an understanding of the ecosystem, what's actually happening, so that then we can make a plan and do our best to implement it. Understanding that we're going to have to make corrections along the way, right? There's a great line in strategic planning that goes like this. Strategic planning is everything. The plan means nothing. Right?
0: Because what absolutely you, so you,
3: you have to be thinking about like strategic planning is okay, when this happens, this happens, this happens, this happens. But as soon as you put it into practice, reality sets in and, and things begin to change. But if you have trained yourself to be a strategic thinker, you can accommodate that. That's the difference between a theory, practice, and praxis and a willingness to adjust your theory based on what your real world practice is showing you and being willing to adjust your practice based on, Oh, I had some assumptions, but then when I tried some things, I learned some things.
0: That's why I always enjoyed going to your symposiums as well. Where where you, where, where you became a speaker because you have a way of putting the given things context. I love that. You give things, the important context that they need. Now, David, tell me a little bit about decolonizing Economic Summit.
3: Yes. I, you know, thank you for asking, but and I hope that you and your listeners will come. It is happening April 20 through 22. April 22, of course, is Earth Day this year, uh, but it's online and it's completely free. Just go to decolonizingeconomics.org or decolonizingeconomics.org uh, and you can find out uh, more about it. We would love to have uh, and I beg your pardon. Decolonizing economics summit. Oh, I'm
0: going to have the link. Don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. in the blog. Yeah.
3: Perfect. So, decolonizingeconomicsummit dot org. But what's really important is the this is the fourth annual. The first year we did it, um, uh, I brought in Emily Kowano, the co coordinator of the U.S. Solidarity Economy Network. <laughs> Kali Akuno of Cooperation Jackson and Jerome Scott, uh, our colleague. Our colleague, Jerome
0: Scott from Atlanta. Absolutely.
3: All right. And and then uh, we're we're joined by uh, Native American Studies Department uh, Director, Dr. Kutcha Rising Baldy. I'm going to be clear. Kali and Emily and Jerome were brilliant, but they also said what I knew they would say because I know them very well. Right. And it was all about capitalism is destroying the planet and we need a new economic system to build worker owned cooperatives and public banks and participatory budgeting and universal basic income and locally controlled energy production and distribution models. And that's all happening and we can do it uh, and laid it out. Right. right. Dr. Baldy though blew my mind because she said, this is all great, but I'm challenging you to think deeper about the culture that is associated with these policies, that it is not enough to just have good concrete policies and good concrete politics, but the worldview that is associated with industrialism and modernity is at odds with the indigenous worldview. And so literally, Alberto, what began as Solidarity economy, colon, building a post-capitalist economy, that was year one. Years two, three, and four are now decolonizing economics, building a post-capitalism economy, because it pushed me to think deeper. And I'll tell you this, my friend, I am, like I live in Humboldt County, California. So I am a guest on Weyot Ancestral Territory. And my mama taught me how to be a good guest to people. And so... If anybody ever invites me to their home and, you know, because you've invited me to home for a meal. And if you'll remember, I offered to wash the dishes Mm -hmm. or help wash the dishes. You you and your lovely wife put me and Ruthie up for the night. And if we remember the next day, I said, Egberto, do I make the bed or do I strip the sheets?
0: Right. I remember very well. Not necessary, but I remember.
3: Yes, but that's the point. My mama taught me, if you're going to be a guest, be a good guest. So you get invited back. And as you know, I'm a mama's boy. I love my mama. I'm so much of who I am because of her and my mama and papa, Southern for grandparents. But Egberto, my mama did not teach me how to be a good guest to and on land. hmm. Because she was not taught, because it wasn't part of the worldview. What I now realize is my ancestors were once in right relationship with land as stewards of the land in Scotland and Ireland. So my ancestors were traumatized by the English empire and the enclosure movement, driven off our ancestral lands. We came to this continent, Turtle Island, and traumatized people and drove them off the land, right? I'm literally the descendant of traumatized and traumatizer, So there's plenty of trauma to go around, but I'm not interested in the shame and blame game. What I'm saying is, let's learn how to heal the land of the generational trauma. And by healing the land together, we heal each other and ourselves. And it's a worldview that returns us. To a perspective of being in right relationship with land and with our cousins, the beavers and the salmon and the the redwood trees, right? Forests are alive. they are ecosystems that are alive. Rivers are alive. We're supposed to be caretaking and part of that. We have a role to play, not power over, but power with, not only with each other, but with land and all life. It's a worldview, my friend. And so for listeners and viewers and readers, if this is resonating with you, come to three full days where we explore with experts who are actually doing it. Decolonizing restoration, decolonizing the law, decolonizing the media, Uh, Asking ourselves, how do we make land back real? How do we build a movement to combine public banking and participatory budgeting and worker owned cooperatives all together to democratize the economy? How do we confront racialized capitalism that has separated us And how can we actually bring people into this movement who may not agree with everything that we're saying, but understand that it's actually a circumstance where the ruling elite are laughing all the way to the bank when they're able to get us arguing amongst ourselves uh, about some of these things. Not that these aren't important. Right. But at the end of the day, there's nothing that makes the ruling elite happier than to see. So-called left and so-called conservatives battling each other when we have no power.
0: I love that, like you would not imagine. I have people in my chat, even as 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 yesterday said, Egberto. What, I had this this one really got to me um, uh, because I always end our chats with "Love you all, thank you all," and he said. What a, a very conservative and he tries to be obnoxious in the chat, but he is at every single program five days a week, sometimes twice on Monday, Wednesday, Fridays when we do on air. And he says what he once said, Egberto, what do I need to do for you to hate me? What do I need to do for you to stop loving me? I looked at him and I said the following. Let me tell you, if I allow that to happen, the plutocracy wins because that is their goal. Your goal is for me to let you get me so pissed off for for me to create that. We can't get together and make that change that you talk about that change of decolonizing everything depends on us forming coalitions that last permanent coalitions and that's what it's all about David I love the way you actually articulated that because that is what's important your left brother your right brother all of these guys have got to stay working together like you said you can go talk to the guy who and you did that I'm gonna do it now I can talk to this or I can talk to that So, Egberto, uh, there's a
3: great quote from a a fantastic American who does not get uh, enough uh, play. Booker T. Washington Mm -hmm. famously said, I shall allow no man to belittle my soul by making me
0: hate him. There you go. I love that. You know, I didn't know that quote, but I love that quote. (laughs) Didn't know that quote. So anyway, let me ask you something, um, David. How do we get there?
3: Well, that is a great question, Egberto. And what I say is vision, goals, strategies, tactics, right? The how do we get like, and I want to say with clarity, the vision is what is the the world that we want to live in? The goals are what are the achievable concrete benchmarks that put us in a position to be able to achieve one or more of our goals. The strategy is the plan to achieve the goals. The tactics are the things that we do that are in service of our plan to achieve our goals, to put us in a position of uh, our vision. So many times when humans say, especially Americans, Oh, we're going to have a conversation about strategy. Really all they mean is let's just talk about tactics and timelines. Uh, what I'm saying is I do have a vision, I have goals, I have strategies, but how we get there is you have to have concrete plans that are A, B, C, and D that are very clear that you take those steps. And then you have an idea that, well, I think FGHI is going to look something like this. JKLM is a little bit further. So this idea of being willing to take the steps that are very clear in front of you, as our friend Jerome Scott says, make it happen, right? That's literally what he has on his uh, email signature, make it happen. So I'll tell you this. I know that I can have conversations with people who are principled, who don't share my ideology, my principles, my values. I can have those conversations, but I can't really make plans with them because they have like different goals that they're trying to achieve. Doesn't make them my enemy. Like, uh, some of them are my enemy just to be very clear. Right. Uh, there are fascists out there. Uh They are at like, I I make no mistake about like who they are, Uh but I'll tell you this, the way we get there is by putting into practice our values with policies that make sense and we make people's lives better. There's a great philosophy uh, uh, called non-reformist reforms. Those are reforms, yes, that make people's lives better, but they're, they're not merely reforms. They're designed to build participatory processes. They're designed to undermine the logic of white supremacy and heteropatriarchy and settler colonialism and capitalism. And the way I think that we do it is that we show, not tell, but show people, hey, if you join a worker owned cooperative, you'll make more money. You'll You'll have more control over your own time, your own mind, your own value. You'll empower yourself. You're going to be happier following us.
0: It's amazing because a lot of that has some cliche note that we cliches that we mentioned that we had before. Lead by example or simply uh, you, you not only lead by example, but actually show what's actually occurring is better for you. And and I tell you what, uh, bees or the bees will gravitate to the honey or, or, or whatever would gravitate to the honey. They start to see good things happening. That's where they'll go. So, I mean, I I love the concept. Now, do you have a blog post or a a, a writing anything on uh, strategy, tactics and that sort of stuff that you spoke about? I do.
3: I I, I do. And one of the things that I want to make sure to lift up, because I know we're coming to the end of our time together, Egberto. The other thing, and I know that you, as somebody who understands electoral politics is important, but you're also not an electoral fetishist, right? Right. Absolutely not. Like so many people, Egberto, uh, think, oh, I want social change. So they either say electoral politics is the only thing that matters because that's where you elect people and that's where the decisions get made and movement stuff, whatever. That's just that's whatever. But elections are where it's at. Or the other group will say, if elections could change anything, they'd make it illegal. You're a chump to deal with elections. Social movements is the only thing that's ever changed anything. Egberto, they're both right, which means that they're both wrong. This (laughs) either or approach to Mm -hmm. elections or movements is a false dichotomy. We need social movements that also engage in electoral politics. And my friend, listen to what I'm doing in Humboldt County. It's called the North Coast People's Alliance. I'll drop the URL into the chat for mm-hmm. you. So you can make sure it's in the blog and, and on the video. What is it you ask? Why it brings together progressive Democrats and Greens and socialists and declined state to say, We're not going to fuss with you about whatever party affiliation or party label you have. What we're saying is from the bottom up, a commitment to racial justice, environmental justice, economic justice, and a commitment that if you want to, as an elected official or a a candidate for office, if you want our support, you have to not only check these uh, policy statements, You've also got to make this pledge. I will not seek, nor will I accept corporate contributions. So what I'm saying is when we have that level of agreement at the bot from the bottom up in a popular way, I don't care if you're registered Democrat, registered green, registered socialist party or registered uh, declined to state. I can roll with you. The North Coast People's Alliance is a way to build a truly transpartisan Progressive unity.
0: I love that. I love that. Well, you know, uh, we are coming close to the end of time, uh, David. And uh, take as much time as you want to give us a closure to, you know, enrich us. And 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 by the way, I want to I want to get that blog on the strat- strategy, tactics, et cetera, et cetera.
3: Yes, and uh, what I'll say is this, my friend: there is a chapter in a new book uh, coming out that Kali Akuno. Uh, 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 authored and co-edited and I wrote a chapter for it. I'll give you a link uh, to that in entire book and you can use as much of it or as little of it as you like. But here's my final thoughts. We are in a historic conjuncture. If you ever wondered what you would do uh, during 1930s Germany, or if you wondered what you would do during the American suffragette movement, if you ever wondered what you would do during the American civil war or the American revolution, ask yourself what you're doing now, because every one of those that I just described were historic moments that are at the same level of the historic moment that we're in. We can't just talk about it. We've got to be about it. So we engage in electoral politics without becoming an electoral fetishist. We engage in social movements that build alternative institutions that actually meet people's needs, that show them that we can not just survive, but thrive, live rich and meaningful lives through worker-owned cooperatives, public banking, participatory budgeting, universal basic income, locally controlled energy production and distribution models. All of these things actually exist right now. What we need to do is start to create liberated zones, uh, that say we're doing this all in one place to democratize a local area to show people this is what
0: real freedom
3: feels like, tastes like, looks like.
0: That's what we have to do. David Cobb, the people's lawyer and much more than what I need to say. Check it out from the beginning. Thank you so kindly for having been part of Politics Done Right.
3: Thank you, Alberto. We-
0: That's my brother from another mother. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I think it was an important uplifting chat. Uh, I think for a lot of folks who uh, they, they will try to find everything. David, we had Chop Zones in 2020. Look where that got us. Don't know what you're talking about, but. Why would I know what you're talking about? Bruce says, decolonizingeconomicsummit.org looks interesting. We should piggyback some. I'll see how we can work that if at all possible. But, you know, you have the link to sign up to actually be a part of it. Sign up for it and uh, go check it out, you know. And, uh, yeah, may, who knows? Maybe if, it, if, it, if there are some conflicts or our times, I may actually do it. Uh, let's go ahead and put something on the screen for our beautiful bridge mcp because it makes a whole lot of sense and this is for this is for my two three brothers in here that i love dearly eric hayes lee grant and daniel ladeau i don't see any other conservative in here today but here it is it's all that you need to read courtesy of the wonderful bridge mcp we have a financial ignorance problem in washington that's not true eric you see, you missed the point. Washington, uh, uh, and, and, uh, uh, they understand financial concepts very well. It's just that you don't fit in. Remember that. They understand it well. The plutocrats understand it well. They understand that for them to be the omnipotent, wealthy folk, you got to pay the price. It's on you. And if you don't listen to guys like Brother David, David, uh, Cobb, and myself and others that really gets it. That really, really gets it. Okay? Uh, if you don't, I'll read it. The, and this is for the people on the podcast. The forest was shrinking, but the trees kept voting for the axe. For the axe was clever and convinced the trees... That because his handle was made of wood, he was one of them. That has so many different meanings, what uh, Bridge MCP brought to us. Turkish proverb. Let me tell you what part of it is. You notice Brother Cobb, Brother David Cobb brings up white supremacy often in his talk. Because he understands what it means Mo, the vast majority of white people in America are the forest. This is, a proverb, this is a corollary to the Proverbs. Are the forest. The axe with the wooden handle is the plutocracy. Comprised mostly of also white people, but also include, let's say, the Oprah Winfrey's and the Jay-Z's and these other billionaires that are invited into the club. They are all chopping you down. They are all taking everything that you're worth. But because you are made of wood, because you look like them, they think that's enough for you to be on their side as they cut you down. And that is what my brother David Cobb and I have been around the country at the democratic Con- at democracy convention in, 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 uh, in Madison, Wisconsin, in Washington, D.C., in Portland, Oregon, in Eugene, Oregon, in, uh, in, in uh, uh, this resort in Florida. We've had all these different areas where we try to talk about this. So understand that that proverb is much more intense than just its words. It's about tribes. It's about deception within and without tribes. And it is something that teaches me what I want to preach. One tribe. You are all my tribe. I am all your tribe. Okay? Okay. That's what it's all about. And you know what? It hurt. Let me tell you now, uh, Egberto, yes, exactly what it means. And see what Lee and Daniel says. Uh, no, 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 no. Lee, it hurts Lee and brother Daniel and, and Eric because it's true. and when, And they know it deep inside, deep in their hearts. They know it's true. They know it's true. They know they're being used, but think about it. It still gives them that shred that just maybe, because of how I look, just maybe, I get that cut of above treatment. I get that cut of above financial advantage. I get that. But again, the system must keep eating and eating and eating. And it eventually eats you all. As it has already eaten many. I mean... Bridge, I, I, I have not seen that proverb before, but it spoke to me as soon as I read it. And the reason I hadn't read it out loud before, I was just digesting it. Egberto, they don't just you didn't know you were a homophobe. Exactly. Exactly, Bridge. And what happens is when the light goes off, right, you have to choose. Now, there are a lot of people that that choose to live in willful ignorance, right? There are a lot of people that choose that because it is easier around their friends. It's easier to tell their friends, I've seen the light. When I stopped being a homophobe, again, I'm from Panama, I'm black, and I'm Caribbean, I'm Latino. Three diseases that gives you that homophobic culture. Do you think it was easy when I had to confront uh, the, the, the churns that I get. When somebody was saying that, ho- that F, why are you messing with that F guy? And I had to say you don't speak like that because they are just as good as we are. There's no difference between those two. You know how difficult it was for me to break that, that culture when I saw the light? And I have to say you won't do that here. You know how tough it was being wrong a whole lot of men and saying you won't treat women like that. You won't do that. You know how when I, when Chris Rock went and gave his still and I come out and the first thing I said, I love Chris Rock's piece, but he was harder on, uh, on, on, on uh, Pinkett Smith, Jada Pinkett Smith, compared to how he dealt with, uh, with, with Will Smith? It takes growing up. It takes being an adult. It takes growing. And after you've grown, then you can talk. Now, when others don't, I just, you know, continue treating them as you, you should, right? They're children. And what you don't hate on children, you assist children to learn. You don't hate on the sick, you assist the sick. You don't hate at the psychologically impaired, you assist the psychologically impaired. You understand that love is more powerful and in the long run, Maybe not in your time, but in some time it succeeds. And that's what we have to understand. Okay, that's what we have to understand. Anyway, folks, please, please, I ask you so kindly to support our program, Politics Done Right. Uh, there are several ways that you can support us. Please go to politicsdoneright.com. Oops, let me get there. Let me bring this baby over. Please go to politicsdoneright.com. Uh, where are you? All right, let's get the. Uh, politicsandright.com/support is the, is the link where you can find all methods of supporting us. Okay, let's see. Egberto has a pathological need to broadcast his virtue on how he changed from a homophobe to the wise. Yes, I do, and you know what? I, 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 wise, proud black man he is today. It's gotten so bad to be compulsively doesn't at least once get help. No, 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 no. I purposefully talk about how I used to be. Purposefully. And the reason why it's it's not it's to do one thing, uh, and I'm going to answer you, Daniel. Even though you're 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 um, even though you're trolling me, Daniel, I want to answer this for everybody to hear. I constantly talk about having been a homophobe and having been a sexist. I do it on purpose because I want folks to know that as proud a person as I've always been, when I've failed, I've atoned. And it's something that you can fail, you can atone, and you can go on. You can fail, you can atone, and you can go on. I repeat, you can fail, you can atone, and you can go on. And that's what it's all about. Bridge MCP, Berto Willis from Carl Cox, GOP hates. Anything uh, that is anchored in the concept of common good. By the common good, I mean where everything has food, clothing, medical care. You're right about that. You're right about that. I, I don't think it's a mental. Di- well, I know it's not a mental disorder, but I do worry about you, my my good friend uh, 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 Daniel Lido. Anyway, please support us at politicsandright.com/support/support. Support. And please, uh, alternatively, we want to do a quick uh, chain at PayPal. You can go to politicsandright.com/paypal. Or you can go to politicsunright.com slash patron. We do need a whole lot of patrons. But again, the catch-all is found on politicsdonright.com slash support. We could really use your support to keep this program going. As you can see, we bring good guests in. We do good work. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out!